0: Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Huntington here, and this is The Doug Show. I am honored to speak with Mushfiq again. I interviewed him a few months back, and we had a great conversation. He has a couple cool things uh, going on. We're going to talk about some mergers and acquisitions in the niche site space. So this is sort of like micro mergers, and Mushfiq's been working on this. We're going to talk about a couple specific case studies. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, Doug. Thanks for having me on again. It's a pleasure.
0: Of course. Yeah, we had a great conversation and people really enjoyed your episode. So hopefully um, I'll be able to convince you to come on again. But for the people (laughs) that don't know you, who are you and what do you do?
1: Great. Yeah. So uh, my name is Mushfiq. I've been buying selling sites since uh, 2008. Uh, Mostly I buy distressed create distressed websites that have a lot of easy wins for growth. I grow them and then I hold for you know maybe 12 months and then I sell. Um, so I'm in continuous flipping. I don't hold a site for very long. I like to focus on five to 10 sites on average in my portfolio at any given time. but yeah I've been do- doing that for about you know 12 plus years with uh, 175 flips to date.
0: Awesome. And so you've really identified the areas where you have like the biggest growth uh, Mm -hmm. potential and the ROI and you're just honing in on that sweet spot that you know best, right?
1: Exactly. 100%.
0: I love that. I mean, like I I know I run into people and they're like, oh, I want to have, you know, an eight or 10 figure business. And they're like, grow, grow, (laughs) grow. And, you know, there's so many skills and that could be a a fun Mm -hmm. thing to do but you're also like constantly trying to catch up and yeah, I'm, I'm a bit lazier. I like to focus on the things <laughs> that I'm good at. So right. that's a, that's a cool approach. And is, is there any reason why you've adopted that where you have realized, Hey, I'm just going to stick to this area as well. Uh, the area of flipping or uh, just that sweet spot of growth. Yeah. That you feel most comfortable yeah. with. So I think it's a
1: combination of things. Uh, one, my personal, like my personality. I love to see that hockey stick growth, or you know, buying something that's underappreciated, just like in real estate, right? You find that prop, that real estate property in a great neighborhood that needs work, right? You fix it up and then you flip it, and that there's a, I think, an adrenaline rush to that. So you know, I like I, I like that hockey stick growth, and then once it stabilizes, I honestly get bored. At least at this stage. my life i i need that uh drama let's say right so i like to just grow it and then and sell it to somebody who's looking for a more stable asset i'm not i'm in the risk mode in my life right now so that's what i like to do so it's a personality thing also a risk management um i buy things that have opportunity for growth so even if i get impacted let's say by google update or affiliate network going down which has happened to me um I still have my ROI there, right? I can still flip it and get my money back at the bare minimum, or but most of the time, I have not lost money on any deal I
0: have done in the past five years or so. So it's, it's both of those. Great, and for the people that want to go deeper into the criteria that helps you um, essentially avoid those risky situations and not lose money, which is probably one of the biggest things that we can do, yeah go check out the other episode. We cover that in depth. For today, let's get into those two um, case studies or uh, I guess instances where you have done these smaller mergers. So for the people that are more uninitiated, can you describe exactly what this means? Like what's an M&A for a niche site?
1: Yeah. Yeah, great. So in general, an M&A, mergers, acquisitions, um, happens all the time since day one. I mean, um, since business has been around, you know, people, companies buy up other companies and merge into their own, either by taking all their assets essentially and merging it, and then you know, make, uh, essentially shutting down the other business, which is you know, has been a bad practice in general. But in in a way, M&A is essentially a quick way to grow. Um, and it happens all the time. So. That same concept. So the idea, you know, I like to do is, how do we bring real world business practices that are tested and true to niche sites, right? Because that's the way that you can survive Google updates. Um, it's not a red flag. It's essentially mimicking the real world. So I call it micro M&A, um, smaller deals, right? We're not doing million-dollar deals. We're doing deals, you know, 100K less. Most of the time, my average ones have been 10K or less um, and merge into my niche sites in a way. So, essentially, you buy a a website that already has content um, or an age domain that doesn't have content that has good uh, features, let's say age, backlinks, or a social media profile or anything that can help your current authority site get even higher authority and perform a merger, essentially.
0: Okay, perfect. And you, you mentioned something specific with, you know, like an age domain. And I know like uh, Otis, O-D-Y-S, they occasionally sponsor the show and you've worked with them. And that's sort of like, yes. that's one of the premium places to get um, great age domains with exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Typically they'll have strong, uh, you know, backlinks and, very relevant backlink, so um, someone could approach this and think hey i'm not going to potentially buy like a, another business I'm not going to buy like another website that's operating I'm just going to get an age domain from an auction or Otis or somewhere else, so that fits yeah. the criteria right Yes, exactly hundred percent perfect so let's um I guess any other prerequisite information before we start talking about the the first one of these uh, M&As.
1: No, I think let's just get into it and I'm sure there'll be a lot of Q&A there.
0: Cool. So tell, tell us about the first one. And these are things people right. get to actually check out because they're they're out there in the world. Yeah. So
1: um, the website flip is my hobby project. Um, I blog there about website flipping. So essentially, you know, there's two ways to grow any niche site. It's outreach, hard outreach, you know, your success rate. We all know on Cold outreach can be five to ten percent or less, right? To get backlinks, to get guest posts, it's 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 a drag. It's a, it's it's hard, right? Or the other approach is what the business world does: do these micro MAs. Um, so that's what I've been in, uh, mostly doing. I do cold outreach as well, you know, working with, for example, you, um, you know, c- uh, collaborating in a way. But how do I grow faster? There's a set of criteria that I follow. Is, uh, is the business that I'm looking to merge into mine have backlinks or something that I can't obtain. So there's some uh, web authority sites out there that don't, I can put in a ton of effort, but I still won't get links from them. That could be Forbes, New York Times, um, Maybe even in our industry, Empire Flippers, Flippa, you know, these guys, right? Um, I can build relationships, and that's obviously what I still do, but it can take a year for a guest post or a backlink to come from that. So the other approach is to find sites in my niche that already have those. Um, Maybe they've been around for 10 years, 15 years before me, right? And then buy them up and merge into mine. So we did two of those in the last uh, two to three months. Um, So... The website Flip is in the flipping niche, so website flipping niche. There's not many sites out there about these topics, just solely on these topics. So relevancy is key, and then finding that asset is is key as well. So we bought uh, flipwebsites.com, and that was managed by, if people are in this industry, uh, Centurica. uh, rhodium weekend these are like diff- this uh, the chris Yates who manages those things so I, I contacted him and said hey look you have this site here it's been very neglected i mean he's he blogged on that originally 10 15 years ago when there was no flip out there wasn't a website flipping So he was one of the pioneers and i essentially said hey look i have this website i'm you know really active here do you just want to sell it and it was the right time, he said, yes, I bought it, um, and essentially moved some of the content over to my site and redirected the homepage essentially to mine because it was a one-to-one fit, right? So that's one example. I'll give the second and we can um, talk. The other is uh, flipfilter.com. Um, this was a same Centurica folks um, who created that. It was essentially... Flippa just launched and they put together this SaaS tool essentially that brings in all the Flippa listings and provides the Zillow of the website investing world where Flippa only provides so much data, but these guys will take that and put, get more data, like who what's the history of the domain, the age, the backlinks, more, you know, intricate data and essentially build an analytics platform for that. And that's so I contacted the new owner of that, it changed ownership. And that person has pretty much neglected it for about a few years since he acquired it. And it was the right timing again. I, I was on, and again, you know, we get, a, we, most of our new site owners don't like to get on a phone call. I got on a phone call with this person and said, look, this is my vision. I'm not going to just let your business die. I'm going to merge it into mine and essentially. Uh, build deal feed which we'll talk about and it's going to be similar to what this flip filter used to do but you know and so i need this business to merge into mine to give me authority um and he pretty much said yes we it took uh, three months of discussions negotiations back and forth to close that deal and essentially bought that and people can check out the old uh, version of that it's at old com. so i have actually kept that because it's it's um you know, it's the history of the website investing. Well, I don't want to just delete it. So I still have it there for people who want to check it out. And then essentially if you just go to flipfilter.com, you'll see that it redirects to my um, website and some of the content was moved over as well. So those are two examples in the website flipping world. And, you know, I have more, but we can,
0: I can stop there. Perfect. So from a technical standpoint, what needs to happen? for the redirects and to to transfer those links without losing the link juice and all that stuff and i yeah. know there's probably a couple ways to do it and you can answer in the most simple way and then we can unpack it. Yeah. people do like the details so feel free to go really yeah deep.
1: yeah so i like to take the old site essentially keep an archive but then put a fresh WordPress installation. I know there's more technical ways to do that. I like to put a fresh, no, no plugins, nothing, just a fresh WordPress installation and install just one plugin called Redirection uh, plugin. It's free. And essentially with that, I then set up the redirects the way I want it from the, the site I bought to my site. And essentially that's the only technical part of all of this um, is, that, is that setup.
0: Okay and yeah that's very very simple and i suspect redirection probably just writes to the htaccess file perhaps yeah
1: yeah they have access to that they do and then and you know i know some people who actually go direct to the htaccess file and take care of that i'm savvy enough to do that but i'd like to have that visual um back end to kind of just see how things are going i don't want to read code um (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, i was going to say you end up with a a better interface, so it's a little yeah. more user friendly. But if you like using, uh, it's like I used to use Vi. You, you know, that's yeah, Vim yeah, yeah, yeah. and Emacs or yeah. whatever. So all the yeah. nerds out there know what we're talking about. But yeah, if you if you know, then then you yeah. would be comfortable using yeah. uh, the HD Access. Okay, so you you redirect. So what strategy do you use to redirect? And I know you mentioned it was a pretty much, uh, it lined up well. So it was like homepage yeah. to homepage for one. And then you transfer over any relevant content. So that's fairly straightforward. Yeah. You just map those over. What about the other content on this site? The other URLs? Yeah.
1: So with the homepage part, um, I am, I'm pretty, like when I do those redirects, the home page redirects are very rare for me to do. This one instance was the case where I did it. If you go to flipwebsites.com, you will see that actually redirects to what I call a press release page. So again, we are mimicking real world business. When a real world business acquires another, smaller business they do press releases um and they merge after doing a press release so what i do is i i, I do a press release um saying okay the website flip acquired FlipWebsites.com. why did this happen who were the previous owners what are the benefits what's going to happen to the old content like i mean it's emerged in but i'm just trying to make sure that it's as you know, real as possible. And I actually redirect flipwebsites.com to that press release page so that it's not going to the homepage and raising all these red flags. Um, And so that's, you know, what I like to do. Sometimes if it's a one-to-one perfect match, which Flip Filter was a perfect match for a specific landing page on my site, not the homepage, it's uh, the website Flip slash deal feed, essentially, they're pretty much one-to-one, same tools, same content on the page, just perfection, right? So I just uh, tip the home page and put it on my deal feed page. But usually I like to have a barrier to protect my uh, main uh, page on, does that make sense?
0: Yep. Makes total sense. And I think, like you said, this is what would happen with a real business. So it's not weird to see, Hey, this one company bought the other one. Here's some history about it. So with a press release, it's probably just a couple hundred words at the most, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So what I, what I do is I put a press release page on my site and you, you guys can check it out if you go flip websites. Um, and then I use a press release agency that I to to just take that and make a legit press release like business world would do that links to everything, puts the story, and it goes to all the press release aggregators essentially out there, AP News, you know, all the big big players, and that just helps the indexation um, and you know gives it a little bit more authority. I don't know if that moves the needle or not, but I just want to make sure that it's as legit
0: as possible. Got it. Okay. And how, how much do you pay for like the press release, uh, to yeah. get distributed?
1: Yeah, there's various packages. I, I think I, I pay about $300, okay. uh, for, you know, distribution like that. And I'll, I'll send you the link for the that company. I can't remember right now.
0: Okay, perfect. Now, what results have you seen so far? I think it's fairly new for this particular instance, but yeah. have you seen anything positive so far? Yeah. So, um, uh,
1: you know, my website flip is only uh I would say seven months old. Um, my DR right now is in the 37s. Uh, I have to check that in 30 to 35, I believe. Um, and so that didn't just happen because of you know backlinks I built. It happened because I've been you know putting all these redirections in place and and it, the traffic has been growing month over month. I'm in a very tough niche. It's not going to be a business where I have hundreds of thousands of visitors on a monthly basis. It's going to be very small amounts, but I'm seeing that organic traffic grow. I'm seeing the uh, DR authority grow. So that's you know a positive sign uh, for me there.
0: Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, Ezoic. Leap is a new product that they have. It's replacing the old site speed accelerator and they're getting rid of the old subscription model that was with the old product. So now Leap is free. It's 100% free to Ezoic monetization customers. And basically it's a robust tool set that works perfectly with the Ezoic cloud to deliver Core Web Vital friendly ads. That is a mouthful. So I think I messed up on the cadence, but you get the idea. The thing is here, Leap is for Core Web Vitals. It's more than just another optimization tool. It's an entire tool set that eliminates the need for expensive plugins, technologies, and analytics. All right. let me say it again. It eliminates the need for those expensive plugins. I know a lot of people will push specific plugins. A lot of them have uh, really annual fees, but again, Leap is included if you're using the Ezoic monetization. And basically, it makes it possible for all sites using Leap to pass the core web vitals. And the thing is, if you show ads on your site, it's probably going to load slower. But the thing is, Core Web Vitals and Leap, they work together well here. So the Ezoic Cloud works with Leap to deliver server-side ads along with the entire page via the new Ezoic edge so that everything passes Core Web Vitals. This feature is limited to sites integrated with the Ezoic cloud, and it's not available anywhere else. But the thing is, Leap is awesome. They sponsor the show. Ezoic's great to work with. I've been working with them for a few years. So if you are concerned, if you need help with your Core Web Vitals, check out Leap. It could be the right thing for you to do. That is one of the things where it potentially will take, you know, months for the actual impact to really mature and all that stuff. So, okay. Very good. And any other thoughts on that particular acquisition and the merging?
1: Yeah, I can talk about, you know, what a couple steps I do um, when I acquire. So, you know, some of these niche sites have Google Analytics installed. You're lucky if it does, um, if it's already a pre-existing site. And you want to redirect the traffic. I mean, some of these sites actually get traffic. The ones I bought all had the traffic. So what you want to do is just download a Google Analytics report, the behavioral pages, and just download all the pages that get traffic and find a one-to-one match from that site, the one you bought, to your site right? And that's an easy redirect. Forget the backlinks. You just want the traffic to uh, transfer over. So, there's a lot of content about due diligence on businesses, and I have a very detailed guide on due diligence. So, I redirected all those to that guide, right? Uh, another about website valuations, another about brokers, top brokers in the industry. So, those are easy redirects. So, that's what I, you know, first focus on is getting the traffic transfer with relevancy. And then I go into Ahrefs and go uh, to the backlink report for the domain buy and go into best buy links, look at the pages that have the best links, um, and then work backwards top to bottom on which one has the best links and then redirect those to my um, site. And if there is no content on those topics, I, I write up an article um, so that I can get that backlink and then uh, pass the link juice through my site. So those are the two ways I go about that.
0: Perfect. So that way you don't leave anything that is getting traffic or that has backlinks, um, yep. like loose, you've tied exactly. up those loose ends. Okay. hundred percent. And then for maybe content URLs on the site that you've acquired, if they don't mm-hmm. get traffic and they don't have backlinks, what do you do with those URLs? If I, if
1: I think that content should be on my site, and if the content is already good, I move it over and still do the redirect, right? Because I want You know you can't. You have to have topical relevancy. You have to cover a lot of the topics to actually get ranked. Um, So I don't. I still want that content on my site. Now most of the time, most of the uh, websites I bought are many many years old, and all of the content is pretty much outdated. Um, Specifically in the business world, website and flipping world, things have changed drastically. Um, So most of the time, the content got scrapped, and I would rewrite an article. And even if it doesn't have backlinks, I want relevancy, so I still do the redirect. Now. There are other situations where, it's if it's not flip oh, the website flip uh, my others other, other um, uh, websites. Um, if it doesn't have a backlink, it doesn't have traffic. It doesn't make sense to be on my site. I actually don't do a redirect. I do what's called a wild card, which is I get all the ones that I want passing link juice, and then I do an all-inclusive wild card uh, redirect that says, anything else, please forward to my 404 page, one-to-one. So it will be essentially when people type in that URL on the old site, it will come over to my site and see, oh, it's not there. it will just go to a 404 page. Um, and that's a safe way. It's not, Google doesn't want 404s, but it's a way to just not pass the link juice to a deliberately, to a non-topical relevant uh, page and just say, okay, this is not found. So it's kind of a safe
0: way um, to do that, at least in my opinion. Sure, and in, in, in that way you're, you're trying to avoid setting off any red flags with Google, right? Yeah,
1: okay. yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Have you looked into 410s? The 410 no. redirect. So, are you familiar with it? Or no, no, no. It means that content is not there and it's not relevant anymore, and we deleted it.
1: Okay. So I okay. think that I actually that.
0: that fits better than the 404. Yeah. Um, For and then sure. Google doesn't. Yeah, they they see that and they they know. Oh, this is gone. So okay,
1: that's good to know.
0: 410. Yeah. And it's, it's the same, like that, I guess that tool probably does it too. It's just, I have to look into redirect code. Awesome. Yeah, Great. Great. All right. Any, anything else? Um, once you get the site, you're redirecting, you're taking care of all of the pages, links, traffic, even if they don't get any traffic, everything's taken care of. Um, where, where do you host it? Do you host it on the same, um, account? Yeah, so
1: I use Cloudways. I put it on the same server, and then I use uh, Cloudflare CDN
0: um, as well for even my age sites or domains all the time. Um, Got it. Very good. All right. Are we ready to move on to the other acquisition? Sure. All right. Yeah, so the
1: other one, um, this is a public site that I um, public a study. Uh, It's an acne niche. It's called uh, goodglow.co. Um, I bought this site um, a few months ago on Flippa, um, and the goal there was to just again buy a distressed asset, grow it, and flip it. Um, one of my you know contacts. Said that they're launching a like age domain service to find age domains from auctions. Um, this was not purchased from uh, Otis, uh, which is usually my go-to. Um, but so he said, okay, you know, let me. Uh, he let me essentially use this service for free and would look for a uh, acne site. Um, and he found a perfect match: acne-resource.org. It's a 2010 domain with excellent backlinks, and it was a perfect match again. Like um, acne, acne's there's no issue with topical relevancy. So, that's an age domain. That's not an aged niche site. Um, so, I bought that same process, uh, redirect um, to a press release page. So, I'll, because, you know, it, um, it, I don't want to, again, redirect the homepage to my homepage because that's just a red, I think a red flag. I put it to a press release page. Um, and then some of the relevant articles, for example, I had an article on the acneresource.org, the old site about acne statistics. Right, some data about acne. So I had my writer write an article about acne statistics, so I could do that one-on-one, one-to-one redirect um, there. So essentially, again, it's mapping out those redirects, doing a WordPress install, setting that up, and you know, transferring over the content. Um, this was done in early July, and since then it's kind of hard to tell cause there was so many Google updates in early July. My traffic is going up now. It's impossible for me to tell if it's because of the age domain or it's because of the Google updates, but things are trending in the, in a good direction.
0: <laughs> Got it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, slight tangent. I'm, what did you see across your portfolio with the updates in like June, the couple in July? There's probably another one that's coming out right now as we're talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, the only update that really, really impacted me was last April, 2020. Um, the big one. After that, I have not been impacted negatively. Um, some of my sites have slightly increased. Uh, one of my sites, biggest sites I have that earns ten uh, k a month, has a has had a traffic um, boost as well. Uh, but no, I've not gotten hit. Um, I'm pretty sta- uh, stable in that sense. Okay.
0: Cool. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen mostly stable um, impacts, but. I think I've had, I think every update, a couple sites go up, a couple sites go down and yeah. I'm like, I, I don't even know why I have no clue why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In Nobody fact, <laughs> um, like niche site project, for example, actually got hit the last few updates and I'm, I've been like pruning the site. I've been doing all this improvement stuff and every time <laughs> it gets, it gets knocked down a little bit more. So I'm going to have to go back and, Publish more content, or acquire another site, or something like that to stop yeah. the pain.
1: I have I have seen that though. When you prune a site, it does take a little hit, and then it recovers because um, it's just all of a sudden content just got deindexed. If you're deleting okay. content, so it's. A, I think it's. A, I always do a content prune audit every uh, quarter um, to get rid of content, um, in the past year that I've added. So I think it's a healthy thing to do. So I, I don't think you should worry. I think it's good. It
0: should improve over time. Should hopefully. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so with this, uh, acne site, any details with like, um, monetization, for example, like, I'm just curious from the yeah. um, business side of it.
1: Yeah, so it was. it's a smaller site in my portfolio. I was earning about $300 when I bought it. Um, now it's about $550. Um, just, again, some few easy wins, which was uh, adding display ads, which were missing, um, adding call to action. So there's a digital product that the previous owner created, a book and a database of, essentially, you can look up does this food cause acne for me or does this drink cause acne and why the research he did the research for like 170 different variations uh, different foods and drinks out there. So that database access and the ebook sells for about $30 one time. And so, you know, he was, he's not a digital marketer. He just was a, Person who had acne, Um, and so a lot of call to action buttons were missing. Um, You know, essentially the basic CRO things that we do. So all of that was done within the first uh, month or so of ownership to get that revenue, um, essentially almost doubled. Um, And now we just did the uh, redirect, and we're just waiting for the results. And it's kind of on the sitting on standby for further investment to see if we can take it naturally from 500 to a thousand, and then we'll reinvest more, um, to grow it.
0: Got it. Makes sense. Well, any, anything else with the acne site before we talk about your, I guess, sort of a new product, new, new thing. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's good.
0: Yeah. All right. What's here about it. I mean, I think, um, I've had a, a little bit of a chance, um, to take a look, but tell, tell the folks what you've been working on.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I've been buying sites for a long time and the in the early days it was really easy uh, to manage deal flow, essentially, there's only Flippa and then Empire Flippers came along, and now there is like <laughs> there's small boutique brokerages, there's private uh, people who are selling sites, and then there's Motion Invest that launched, Investors Club that launched in the last year or two, um, so there's a lot of deal flow, and more and more people are selling sites when they realize there's value, right, and so. I personally, this is a product I created for myself um, to find deal flow. Essentially, it's a tabular um, website. You can go to the website, it's a, it's a table format where you can filter deals. And we, we collect all the deals from different brokerages, all the top ones, and some of those smaller boutique ones, um, and bring the deals into one place. So you can just shop in one place, look at the data across the board. One thing we realize is every broker has a different way to showcase data. Some use charts, some use raw numbers, um, some don't show revenues some sorry some don't show the profit they only show the revenues so how do we get things organized standardized all in one place um so that it's easy for you to kind of sift through and figure out which ones you want to dig deeper on um so it's saving people time um and some other uh feet yeah i'll stop there and we'll talk about the feature <laughs> features that are gonna add but yeah
0: okay cool and w- when did when did it launch uh in uh
1: july it's the third week of
0: july Oh, Oh, super fresh then. So from a technical standpoint, can you tell me about like how you're aggregating the data and all that stuff?
1: Yeah. So we have, I would say semi-proprietary access, to the deals uh, through the different brokers, through my relationships with them uh, via APIs. Um, It's not public APIs, kinda had to work with them to get that. Um, So yeah, it's all programmatic. I have a development team out of India that builds the whole platform for me. It's all built in WordPress um, and uh, brought in um, and and then showcased on the front end.
0: Got it, so fairly straightforward and and basically, Because of your long term relationships with the companies, you're able to get access to this data so no one else can yeah. really do it, probably. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Good competitive advantage. Smart. Yeah. For All sure. right. So, and basically, a person could go to this tool. What's it called? Uh, dealfeed.io.
1: That's yes. the domain.
0: So, they could go to Dealfeed instead of going to like eight different brokers or marketplaces and sort of see what's going on. And then I I take it they can just go back and look at the original source if they're interested in more.
1: Yeah. We, we are just an aggregator. We don't represent the brokerage. We are unbiased, resource to bring in the data. Um, one of the challenges is that if you're in the game, you know that Empire Flipper sends deals, new deals every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Motion Invest sends deals whenever they come through. Investors Club, whenever they come through. And not all brokerages are great on sending notifications. So with deal feed, it all gets aggregated at the right time in one place. So you, you don't have to always check your email or log into that site. and just come in one place and, you know, we're going to add notification systems and all of that in our platform so that you can only, ch- you just have to sign up to one place to get access to everything.
0: Perfect. Very smart. And it's a great way to get links to, since people will say, Oh, here's, yeah. here's the aggregated list. So yeah, I like what yeah. you've, you've done there. Yeah. What are you adding in the future? I know you have a few things rolling out sometime soon. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's a free tool. Um, Majority of it will be free. So you'll always be able to look through, sift through and find deals, essentially. The things we're adding as value add um, is essentially what I call signals, deal feed signals. Um, And these are just my algorithms that we've built into. For example, if a price of an asset changes, we flag it, we tag it, so that you can be the first to know and to go and negotiate. One thing the brokerages do not do a good job of is, let's say they put a site up for sale a month ago, um, and then they had an adjustment. Maybe the new month came through and they had a new last six-month average, um, essentially bringing the valuation down, or they had a change in multiple, or they, or the owner you know, somehow increased the revenue. And so things change, right? And the, and the brokerages do not just notify their entire population of subscribers subscribers on that. And so that's what DealFeed will do, is essentially capture the changes so that maybe a deal has been sitting on the market for a long time um, and then all of a sudden had a valuation change, you'd be the first to know so that if it's now it could be a good deal that you can go and negotiate uh, further on. Other things is if a site sits on the market for too long, maybe three months or more, we flag those deals. Because if a seller has been sitting on the market for too long, they might be more you know they might be willing to negotiate stronger so essentially just tags on sites we flag those to let people know that this is an asset
0: that might have opportunity perfect and like you said it's a tool that you wanted to have which is probably like how it all spawned so are you are you like monitoring the feed you have the super fast notification so you you get the best deals? That the, that's the <laughs> no, issue we're gonna run into
1: <laughs> no I don't have any special access um, I'm using it just like everybody else uh, whatever I am using everybody else is getting access to um, you know right now the deal feed signals and all of that have not launched yet there's no paid subscription plan or anything but that's that's gonna come in the next six months um, but yeah it, the app free tool will always be there but deal feed signals another one analytics and all these will be subscription plans that you will buy and you know take my word for it i don't have any like premium access or uh, super access
0: (laughs) all right okay well we'll have to trust you so okay those are awesome features because yeah i mean when you see um you know any of the marketplaces not any some of the marketplaces. So I, I, uh, I like guitars. There's one sitting behind me and I've been browsing on this marketplace called Reverb and they actually will show you when there's any changes. They, they you know, bump that specific product and it goes to the top so you can see, oh, there's a price change on this. You can see that it's been on the market for a year or two years and if people delist the product and then try to relist it again it'll Mm -hmm. show the original date so there's like actual transparency yes you'll know and and i you probably won't necessarily have that with with that those sort of flags for websites because you don't control so many things on the other side but that's a, a brilliant way to know like oh as a buyer you have a stronger right. negotiating position than you did before right. maybe. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Any, any other features or products you're thinking of?
1: Yeah. So just quickly, and you know, I, one thing that I think any website investor is missing in this industry is data. Um, you know, when you come fresh, it's hard to know what's the multiple like. What's what are the multiples? How much should I pay? You know, what's the multiple that's closing deals? You know, essentially per niche. If the home niche, what's the typical multiple? If it's in the CBD niche, like what's the typical multiple? What's the multiple for a specific uh, monetization stream? Right. So it's kind of data historically. It's not there. It's always word of mouth or trusting the brokers or. No, it's it's kind of a a magic a uh, ball, right? There's no information. So being the first party data aggregator, right? I have access to all this data. Our next launch, um, which will come after DealFeed Signals, is essentially analytics platform. You'll be able to go in there and just like Zillow, you can see a history of an asset. We won't be able to show the hist the sale history of a specific asset, but we'll be able to show. Okay, you want to buy a site in the home niche? What would the different brokers selling for, what's the final sale price, you know, all that data in one place so that you can get that report. And then if you're looking for an accurate, wanting to buy a site, you can use comparables and say, hey, this site had this much traffic sold as yours, and this is the month. You can kind of get an idea um, and how much to offer based on historical data. So that's the analytics platform that we're uh, planning to launch.
0: uh, That's awesome. Do you know why like Flippa, for example, had like why haven't they put out products like this because they have all they had all the data for years
1: i do not know i i I have no idea i'm pretty close with the head of product over at flip house named stefan um and you know we talk but i think um you know it's it's hard to say it's not there it's not there i think in in this industry you know the people who can have the brokerages, like in real estate, right, the multiple listing service, MLS, right, where all the deals come and then the real estate agents essentially pick and choose and we get access to that data as consumers through Zillow, Redfin, and whatnot. Right, Zillow, Redfin, and those guys built a third-party aggregation platform to, sh- to take all this random data and organize it in a way that's user-friendly. Um, the MLS people don't have that incentive maybe because they're getting all their money from the real estate agents that subscribe to that platform, so brokers, mm-hmm. right? So again, you know, they could build it, but I don't think that's their core business model. It's, you know, third party people are just gonna build tool sets on top of that data. And, you know, and essentially at the end of the day, I'm bringing them sales. So they have no reason to compete with me. Um, there's no benefit for them to compete with me um, because at the end of the day, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get their piece of the business. It's I'm going to get refer business to them.
0: So, Right. Right. That does make sense. That does make sense. It's just, yeah. When I think yeah. about like the, val- <laughs> the value of the data and like just from the positioning and, that standpoint, I mean, it left an opportunity for you or other people to yeah. do similar things. Um, but, but like I said, they had all the data for like years and they could have had like, hey, yeah. we have the Epic, the most information yeah. and could have gotten, you know, backlinks just from an, I'm thinking like an SEO standpoint. Um, yeah. But. Anyway, very yeah. cool. And, and we're, rec- we're recording this a little bit early, but do you have any timelines so people maybe would have an idea when some of these features might be available? Yeah. And we won't hold you to it, but just to give people an idea. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So as we speak, it's, you know, August 4th, uh, the free version of the tool is already live. You can go to dealfeed.io and play around with it. A large feature, like a bunch of features will be launching in the next week. Um, so I, I imagine by end of August, the bulk amount of usable features with the signals and all of that will be live, um, and available for everyone to play around with.
0: Cool. All right. So, yeah, if you're listening to this in the future, there may be a lot of other features there and um, hopefully, you know, people will check it out. So, Mushvika, anything else with uh, deal feed? No, I think that's great. Awesome. Well, where should people go to find you?
1: yeah so I'm at the website flip dot com that's where you can find me I'm very active in Facebook groups I think you'll probably see me I'm commenting everywhere so um right. definitely you can check me out there as well
0: all right do you have your own Facebook group or you're just uh you just i do, do. i do it's the the website
1: flip club essentially okay. you can look that up um and that's a uh you know about a thousand members right now just all website investors very cool.
0: Awesome, man. Always good to catch up and really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Mushfiq and be sure to check out the website flip and dealfeed.io. There will be links in the show notes here so you can get to it easily. He's always doing uh, some pretty interesting stuff and has a lot of excellent blog content over on his site. And I'm trying to think what else is going on. I could point you in the uh, direction of, you know what, shoot, I'm going to do a little self-promotional stuff. I mean, honestly, the whole podcast is kind of a self-promotional situation, but I have this other podcast called Mile High Fi, and I do talk about it pretty often. It's very fun. I do a lot of interviews with my co-host, Carl Jensen, who's been on this show a few times. It is a completely different set of topics, and one thing that I have observed is there's a lot of you know, niche site and make money online, affiliate marketers, or people who have content websites, or a variety of different side hustles, and they may be working a full-time job and doing this on the side. They may be doing uh, affiliate marketing or working online in some capacity. Maybe they have an agency. Maybe they have uh, you know a lot of different freelance gigs or whatever, a combination of things like most of us have. And I have gotten into this financial independence community. And the thing that I noticed was there's a lot of the same values, although sometimes people get a little, maybe a little righteous or... Uh, I don't know, not confrontational necessarily, but sometimes, especially in the Phi community, the press that is, or the way the press covers the Phi community is ultra frugal, people that are eating rice and beans and living in a little shitty basement and really depriving themselves of any kind of joy. And there's a wide range of people in the Phi community. And it turns out we have a lot of values where. Actually, we want to spend on the things that are important to us and spend our time and resources on things that are important to us, whether you're in the, uh, you know, make money online space or side hustle space or the financial independence space. Some people, you know, don't care about eating good food and they want to eat rice and beans all the time. Me, I actually really like good food and I spend a lot of money on food and drink because those are the things that are important to me. I was chatting with uh, a friend earlier today and it actually was a friend of a friend and that individual really valued, uh, cars and nice cars. And he had, he mentioned he had a, I think it was a BMW X five, beautiful vehicle. Right. And I just said, you know what, I don't care about my car that much. I have a 15, 16 year old car that was a beater when I got it and it's totally fine. And the thing is, I, I didn't judge him for the car that he drives and he didn't judge me for having such a piece of shit. And the thing is, we we both set out, you know, you value that. Like you really enjoy opening up that, you know, nice new BMW, which are actually super comfortable. I mean, I actually like cars pretty well, but I just, I, I haven't spent any money on cars in a while. But the point is that person found great joy in having a nice vehicle, and I, you know, don't care too much at this at this point in time. I mean, it could be fun to rent or you know drive a friend's car that's much nicer, but you know, I don't go out of my way personally. The whole the whole point is that there's a lot of overlap between the things that we think about and the way that we view things. Entrepreneurs, uh, as I kept saying, people that make money online or they want to do that kind of stuff. Really, we have like an entrepreneurial mindset. It's very similar to a financial independence mindset. If you are running a business or you're trying to start a business or grow your business, you're probably looking at expenses. You're probably not wasting money unnecessarily. And it's that sort of uh, rigorous review that people probably should make sure that they do that with their own personal finances. Here in the US, it's basically something that's not taught in any scale. Like you maybe, if you're lucky, your parents can teach you a little bit about money, but otherwise we're left to figure it out on our own. Maybe pick up a book, which may or may not be helpful or accurate, or you learn from, you know, news articles and other outlets where uh, there's a strong chance whoever is publishing that information is actually part of uh, like the, the financial industry where they can actually profit by educating you in a way that uh, is an advantage for them. So if you're reading information from like a credit card company or like let's say you're you're reading your financial information from like Chase or Bank of America or any other financial institution, uh, you could probably assume that that educational material is favoring whatever that institution is so that you'll buy and use some products, perhaps have some debt with them because that's how they make money. So anyway, mile high five, I have a great time doing it. Lots of topics, lots of different topics. And if you are interested in, you know, learning more about personal finance, I would encourage you to check out that stuff that ended up being a much longer self-promotional plug, but hopefully, you know, you get something out of it and maybe I'm connecting some of the dots. Like, how did I end up starting another podcast in a different space? another story for another. Actually, I may do a whole episode on that because it's been interesting as I'm, you know, catching up with some old friends here and there. And I'm like, yeah, I started another podcast. They they didn't even know about it. Funny enough. So have a great day out there. I'll catch you on the next episode.